Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And in this one, the Texans, oh, they get slaughtered. It was just ugly. They are who we thought they were, Dennis Green. Well, before we fire up our Texans Bills postgame show, a reminder that we're brought to you by BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book. Not only is BetUS.com the place to bet on all your favorite sports, but in just a few minutes, we'll remind you about our exclusive discount. It's a way to save money, support our show, and maybe, maybe you can make a little money in the process. You know what I mean? More on that soon, but let's get it rolling with my co-host and regular sidekick, a fellow H-Town sports junkie and veteran journalist Stephen Kerr. And Stephen, I know you're dragging a little bit after this one, but boy, Davis Mills, let me just start off by saying he looked scared to death and just completely overwhelmed in his first road start. And you know, Robert, it wasn't even New England. It wasn't New York. Well, it was New York. It was Buffalo, but it wasn't like the, the Jets or the Giants. Yeah, I think John McClain described it very well. Deer in the headlights kind of thing. The whole game, I mean, he just, he did not establish, like he normally does, if he gets off to a shaky start, he usually tries to find a way to come back, but it was absolutely not present in this game. Well, you know, Philadelphia, the New York team. Yeah, Philadelphia is another one. They're, they're not going <laughs> to throw things at you, Stephen, but you're telling me that the, the Bills crowd isn't one of the best in the NFL? Well. I, I think they are. I mean, that, that crowd's always great. They're great, but what I'm saying is it, it's not as if it was something that you would normally hear about. Yeah, Philly fans are about as rabid as they come. Uh, Raider fans, you can put them in there. But it was bad enough. It didn't matter. I don't think it would have mattered where the Texans played today, Robert. Playing like that, they're, you know, w- would it be far-fetched to say that it actually could have been worse? Because in some ways, it really could have been worse. It, it, they could have at least hung 50 or more on the Texans if the defense hadn't played as well as it did in the first half. It's crazy, but give the defense some credit. I mean, they give up 40 points in this game, but if the offense can't stay on the field, if they can't get a first down and you only give up 40 points and you, and you hold the team to four field goals, uh, and, and it could have been even better for the Texans' defense. They caused a couple of fumbles that they couldn't get. There was an interception that went through Christian Kirksey's hands. I mean, they, they played about as well as you can hope a defense can play with the talent that they've got. And the situation that they were put in, all love the Levy. I mean, that's all we're going to have positive from this one, but just a lot of love for the Levy Smith and his guys. Yeah, certainly. And we've been talking about Levy Smith's defense. He's been the difference of this team all year long, and it's, I'm sure it's going to continue to be that way. And ironically, Robert, you know, it was 16 to nothing at the half, and that's what it was with that playoff game. It was 16 to nothing, and yet, you know, even then, I'm thinking, nah, there's no way, not not with Davis Mills in here. There's there's no way they're going to repeat that performance. But, yeah, I mean, mean, it certainly could have gotten away from them early. You're spending way too much time on the field. You know, and the Texans themselves had three turnovers. The the defense had three turnovers. The Bills, yeah, certainly in the first half, they didn't play that well. And so to say that it could have been worse is, is definitely not an overstatement. In the first half, five of the Texans' first seven drives went backwards. Backwards. Five of the first seven drives went backwards. 22 offensive plays, eight total yards in the first half, one magical first down. And keep in mind that four of those eight total yards were on a handoff on the last play of the half to Mark Ingram. Eight total yards is the second, or no, it is not the second. It is the fewest in a half in Texans history. Davis Mills in the first half, one for seven, 
for three yards. Not like it was great in the second half, but boy, in the first half, just awful. Two interceptions, four for the game. He was sacked three times in the first half. The Texans minus 23 passing yards in the first half are the fewest any team has had in a first half in the last 20 seasons. Mm, You know, I am reminded of a game that the Houston Oilers played, ironically enough, against the Bills. I want to say it was in 1985, and the Oilers got shut out 20 to nothing. And they had Warren Moon, they had Mike Munchak, Drew Hill, you know, all the great Oilers teams of the 80s. And yet, I don't even think that performance, I mean, the memory isn't that clear in my mind, Robert, but I do remember that. I, I don't even think that was as bad as this game is with the Texans. David Culley spent all preseason talking about penalties. That was one of his big points of emphasis. We keep bringing it up because not only are the Texans racking up penalties, but they're racking up big ones. It seems like they're getting offensive holding and personal fouls, 10 penalties, 100 yards today. Yeah, and you knew things were bad on the very first play of the game. You know, you, you've got that Mills scrambles for four yards. I mean, it's not a whole lot of yards, but at least it was positive yardage. Offensive holding, Titus Howard gets it. The first play of the game, and you're going, oh, no, 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 not again. But unfortunately, yep, again, that's what we saw in this game. Way too many penalties at the worst possible time. But I'm honestly, you know, Robert, even without the penalties, this game still would have been ugly. I mean, that's how one-sided it became. And let me just, go, I got to talk about Titus Howard for a second. Stephen, he's not working at left guard. Should have just left him at right tackle. He was having some success there. You know, make Marcus Cannon play guard. He's a veteran. He's towards the end of his career. I, I don't know what this is about because you, you saw some potential with Titus Howard last year. We we beat this into the ground a little bit, but it's worth continuing to beat into the ground because it's a massive failure by this Texans offensive game plan and, and by the guys in charge. Yeah, I think we talked about that last week. I, I just think he's playing out of position. And, and I think a good offensive line coach and a good coaching staff would see, you know, where these guys really should fit. And that is the one thing, Robert, as much as anything else, that is holding this Texans offensive line back. Before I get to the first half, tight end Brevin Jordan, a healthy scratch. He's the only rookie not to play a down for the Texans. And maybe you know, it's worth giving him a try because... What do we see today? We saw Jordan Akins committing bad penalties. We saw him fumble the football. Uh, yeah, and Farrell Brown, he had a penalty as well. I mean, th- they did not look all that great at tight end. Maybe give Brevin Brev Jordan a chance. All right, so along with that, Robert, let me ask you something. Now, I'm not He's not a rookie, but it just kind of goes along with this. Was there any point during this game that you thought about maybe they should give Jeff, Jeff Driscoll a chance? I mean, Jeff Driscoll is nobody to speak of, but... Did it ever cross your mind during this game? Not really, because we got to see what we've got from Davis Mills. I mean, I, I know what I thought after watching him in the preseason, after him being the eighth quarterback in the draft. I, I just, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in it, in him. And, and I want to get to some of that in a second. But Stephen, I, I, I just think you got to play it out, right? I guess. I mean, you, you know, I think people talk a lot about shattering confidence and things like that. But you know what? This is the NFL, Robert. And rookie or not, you know, you've got to take your lumps at some point. They, they have committed that Davis Mills is the guy. I, I felt sorry for him as the game went on, obviously. Might have been nice to have another quarterback in there and, and just take him out when you could take him out. But at some point, you, you got to find out what you're made of when it's bad. Because when it's good, it's easy. you know. But it's when it's bad, 
you might as well start learning the growing right now, right out of the gate, because I think you and I both know the Texans aren't going to make the playoffs. So, yeah, just let the let the kid play it out. I, I think that's the only thing they could do. Yeah, of course. And, and you know, you, you, let's go to the first half. First drive, Titus Howard, you mentioned it. The holding penalty kills the drive, basically. First play from scrimmage just killed the drive right off the bat. Uh, second drive defensively, Lonnie Johnson, big interception, you know, gets his first start of the season. That's all great. Unfortunately, Lonnie Johnson later in the game commits a stupid personal foul penalty. And Lonnie Johnson in this game, I don't know. He looked okay. Uh, the interception thrown right into his arm. So it, it wasn't as though Lonnie Johnson made a spectacular play on defense, but I, that's a Lovey Smith. That's a, they're in the right place and where they should. And, and you know, Lonnie's where he should be, I guess, there if, if he's making the play. Well, he did better than Kirksey, who should have made an interception. So I guess you know, there is that. Yeah. And then, you know, second offensive possession, four and out. Cully goes for it on fourth and three at the five. But Mills' pass is tipped, or it might have been a TD. I mean, all he had to do was get it over the outstretched defender's arms, and that could have been a touchdown. Steven, I'm fine for going for it right there because, look, you know, you've got to go for it. Get these guys to think offensively, not on your heels. And, and you had this golden opportunity after the turnover, and you had a chance to really put the Bills on their heels. You say, well, I'll put some points on the board, but at some point, we've got to play aggressive and act like we're trying to win games. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Robert. And that's, you know, that but that's what good teams do. And the Texans just unfortunately are not a good team. They're not going to take advantage of those things. We talked about the Bills had, what, three turnovers, and he gets zero points off of them, whereas I think they got at least 17 points off Texans turnovers. So that's, uh, you know, that's why the Bills have, have suddenly become one of the best teams in the NFL, and the Texans are still trying to figure everything out. But yeah, you, you got to be aggressive in that situation, but it just seemed like everything they threw up there, nothing would stick. The defense still fresh, so they have a three it out on the second drive. First two drives, they look fantastic. Offensive drive for the Texans, Mills throws an interception on third down. Terrible throw into double coverage. I'm going to get to more Mills in just a bit, but we go back to defense, nine play, 69-yard drive. Josh Allen to Knox for a 25-yard touchdown past 7 nothing Bills, and, and, and the onslaught starts to happen at this point. Three and out, Jordan Aikens holding penalty. Uh, you know, he had a fumble. Was not a good game for Jordan Aikens. Then on defense, five plays, 35 yards. Bills only with the field goal. Again, the defense does does the work there. Now, next drive, three and out. Mills gets uh, a, a coverage sack. It was like a coverage sack that he goes down on, but... This is big, Stephen. He misses Farrell Brown, who had a good matchup with the linebacker. And if you watched him on that entire sequence where he gets sacked, he's looking right the whole time. There are four guys in the pattern. He never moves his eyes off the right side, off, off of two guys. And that is a big issue with Davis Mills early on. This is an issue with rookies in general. But it's one of the concerns I already have about him is he, he's not looking around. He's zeroing in on guys. And, and, and that's why you see him holding the ball as long as he is a lot of times. Yeah, unfortunately, it is a rookie thing. But And he did it several times throughout the game. In fact, going back to that interception you were talking about, he was trying to force it to Anthony Miller. Well, Conley was open. and But Davis Mills didn't go to him. He, he forced the ball into Miller and got it picked off. So, I mean, those are the things you hope he figures out by continually to watch film having the coaches get on him, work with him on it. And, but, you know, unfortunately, it just it really plagued him today on numerous occasions. 
Defensively, again, the the Texans hold them to a field goal. Seven play, 41-yard drive, 26-yard field goal. Gruget Hill makes a big stop on third down. He's back in the lineup in this game, and that was cool. Uh, offensively, what else? Three and out. Mills sacked on third down. Defensively, Terrence Mitchell breaks up a fourth down pass. Uh, again, the defense just holding its own, Stephen. We we, we, we got to just give them as much credit as you can because you're going to look at the scoreboard and you're going to say, 40 to nothing. Oh, that defense was awful. No, no, they were pretty good. Well, that's why you've got to watch the whole game. But unfortunately, you know, as I was watching it, Robert's like, this thing is going to slip away really quickly because you can only do so much when you're out on the field that much and, and when your offense keeps putting you in these types of positions. I mean, even the best defenses are going to give at some point, and you just knew it was going to happen, and it happened later on. But you certainly can't blame the Texans' defense for, for this loss today. Absolutely not. So the next possession offensively by the Texans is a Mills interception on a tipped pass. The tipped pass was near the line of scrimmage. A little bit of that is just kind of bad luck. That's just kind of the way the Texans uh, day went. But then uh, defensively, eight play, 41-yard drive. They hold them again to a field goal. It's only 16 to nothing. So, Stephen, after the first half, think about it. If Mills just makes that throw over the outstretched defender on that fourth down by the goal line and the Texans score a touchdown, it's a 16 to seven ball game. Think about that for a second. It was the, it, that, that's, you know, as bad as they played, you know, that's the NFL. You can still be in it with just one little thing. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. And they, I mean, this is what the Texans have done all season. I mean, they have been in position to make games winnable. Uh, unfortunately the last two games, it just hasn't happened, but yeah, that's why I was saying at the, at the end of the half, 16, nothing, you got a whole half to play. But I still just didn't feel that confidence, Robert. Is you know, if Tyrod Taylor had been in there, absolutely, I, I think we would have been a lot more jazzed up about their chances. But until Davis Mills can prove some consistency and really get some things going, that you know he can lead this offense in any situation, certainly you know from coming from behind like that, I just give him virtually zero chance at this point. Yeah, let me be clear. Not like I had confidence after the first half. I'm just saying. But it was winnable. Yeah, the Texans get a little bit of confidence if you throw the ball into the end zone, and maybe Davis Mills gets some confidence if he makes that play. But of course, he did make the play, and that's why he's Davis Mills. So we're going to get to the second half in just a bit. But first, our friends at BetUS.com had the Texans as a seventeen and a half point dog before the kickoff, and I believe my feeling was put your money on the Bills. Uh, Stephen said the same thing. Maybe the line was a stay away. But I think we were leaning, you know, might as well put your money on the Bills because Davis Mills on the road against this defense, against this offense. So we were right about that. Also, Stephen, I suggested the better bet might be to take the under, which was 48. I said, you know, seven touchdowns by the Texans and the Bills combined. Not likely, especially when I was thinking about the Texans. And it ended up being 47 at kickoff. So still, you needed nearly seven touchdowns for a cover and and guess what that was the play right there that was the to me that was the right thing to do and it worked and it would have worked out if you would have taken robert's advice well that would have been about the only consolation you would have today right robert you would have gotten paid (laughs) for sure on both now if you think about it at the end of the first half we mentioned you know it was 16 to nothing and if obviously if it had been 16 points a game would have been over then yeah that wouldn't have happened but yeah, we we both called it. I think that, honestly, I didn't have a lot of confidence, you know, that the Texans could cover. And, and just with, certainly with Davis Mills being on the road, I think we, yeah, we were a little shady about the line. 
But I just felt going in, this is probably what was going to happen. If you're betting on the NFL this season, and you might not always take my advice because it's not always a great thing. But if you if you do want to bet on the NFL, you got to do it with BetUS.com because you got to use the sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. It's not just football. They take action on any sport and have been in the game for three decades now. Really a pioneer in the sportsbook industry, a diehard customer fan base, and an easy-to-use mobile platform. Log into BetUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS, and we can save you money when you sign up. Just use our promo code, HST125HST, for Houston Sports Talk. 125 for that 125% sign-up bonus on your initial hundred dollar deposit again that's hst 125 to help our podcast sign up using either the bet us link on our pinned post at the top of our twitter page or go to our website houstonsportstalk.net and click on the bet us icon get your online and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like i did bet us you bet you win you get paid well, I'll tell you what, it didn't take the Bills long to cover, Robert, because they come out in the second half, bam, another field goal. There you go. That's it. <laughs> 12 plays, 65 yards, and it, it just kept on going. And then next Texans drive, one first down and punt. Max Sharping, a holding penalty. Of course, that stifles that drive. It, it seemed like every offensive lineman got in on the holding act in this game, and including, I guess, tight ends. Everybody was holding for the Texans on the offensive side of the ball. Um, give the Bills defense too some credit because obviously they they've got to be causing the, that kind of what would you call it, Stephen? I, I guess they're, they're they're causing a little panic. Yeah, panic is a good word. So on defense in the second half, Texans start to lose it a little bit. Eleven play, eighty four yard drive. Josh Allen to to Knox for a one yard touchdown pass. It's twenty six to nothing. I mentioned the Jordan Aikens fumble. Uh, he catches the ball in traffic, but then he fumbles. He took three steps. The officials got that one right. Defensively, easy drive at this point. Four play, 27 yards. Zach Moss, four-yard touchdown. It's now getting totally out of hand. Mills with another interception. Throws deep into double coverage. You know, just trying to make something happen there. That's what that was all about. And then another drive. This time, it's sort of mud in your eye when they throw Mitch Trubisky out there and he's scoring touchdowns, Stephen. <laughs> you know, I'd forgotten that Mitch Trubisky was was the backup. I mean, he did have a little flash with the Bears. So, uh, you know, but, but he came out. He obviously got his chance. You know, it's funny. Most, most coaches in the NFL just will not put the backup quarterback in no matter what the situation is. But I guess, you know, when you've got a backup like Trubisky and the game is that out of hand, Heck, why not? And that's what the Bills did. I want to beat up a little bit on, you know, there, by the way, one more interception by Mills before I get, get done, I guess. The the last offensive possession, Farrell Brown. Farrell Brown maybe should have caught it. It went through his hands, but it was behind him. Davis Mills, the accuracy sometimes, ball placement, it's something that he's going to have to work on as well. That's another reason why I, I have concern. I've heard about his accuracy is, is good. I, I, I've seen something altogether different. But one thing I, I did want to hit, Stephen, because for all the buzz the Texans' new punter Cam Johnston had, we saw him in the preseason. He looked like, oh, Texans got maybe their best punter is Shane Leckler 2.0 or something like that. When you look at the stats after the first three games of the season, he was ranked 22nd in the NFL in average, 10th in net average, and he didn't really punt that well in this game either there was some situations where you just needed a big punt 
and he didn't get it done. And this, the, the Texans, for all the effort that they put into special teams, they're not getting it with their kickoff and punt returns with Roberts. They're not getting it with Cam Johnston. They're really not you know, doing anything special on special teams. In my mind, it just seems like that was a lot of smoke and not a lot of really good stuff from the Texans special teams. Well, I think we felt so good about it after the Jacksonville game, and that's really what was deceiving, Robert. And we knew, you know, that after that first game, things were probably going to return to the mean at some point, and it certainly has been that way with the special teams. And there just hasn't been an aspect of that, you know, with the special teams that you can really point to. And, yeah, I I think we got a little excited after the Jacksonville game with the punting, but like everything else, it's kind of just returned to – you know, we, we knew what we thought we knew what it was, and that's exactly what it is. As far as the stats for the game, you know, we can go back to Davis Mills, 11 for 21, four interceptions, no touchdowns, just 87 yards passing, a 23.4 passer rating. He was sacked three times all in the first half. The offensive line, honestly, they're not helping much either. I, I saw some criticism of Tim Kelly in the first half. And I don't know, Steve, can, is there anything Tim Kelly can do? I, I thought when the offensive line's not blocking and the quarterback's not making good decisions and they're getting one penalty after another, how is this Tim Kelly's fault? You know, at some point it's got to go on the players. I mean, the coach can only do so much with what he's got out there. Now, the one thing I will say is that it just seemed, you know, at least in, and it's a short sample size, obviously, but I think part of it is that I, I would like to see Davis Mills maybe in more of the no huddle situations because he doesn't I, I think sometimes he has too much time to think. And that may be part of the problem. I mean, I'm grabbing at straws too, but just from what I've seen of him, I think, you know, a few more no huddles here to give him some confidence in certain situations might at least help some. But, you know, other than that, I, I don't know how you can say it's all Tim Kelly's fault. I mean, it's easy to say that. When you put, you know, you basically have no points on the board. Your offense is terrible. You've got a quarterback that really has very little college experience, much less NFL experience. You can't blame it all on the offensive coordinator and the head coach. Agreed with the idea that they maybe should do some more no huddle. Yeah, he seems more comfortable in that. And it's funny because when you watch these quarterbacks come out of college, typically they do look more comfortable out of the no huddle. And Davis Mills came from a system in Stanford that wasn't your typical college system that we see these days it's more of a pro system type offense or the old school pro system type offense but that's the deal all these guys look more comfortable when they're going out of the no huddle well I think it's kind of the old school approach with the coaches that you know let's just not give the guy too much I'll put so much on his plate well that's the thing about the no huddle is that you're you're not giving him a lot of time to think or making him think so much just let him play let him show what he can do and certainly you know, if the game's getting out of hand, at least do whatever you can to get him some kind of confidence going. Maybe that would have done it. Maybe not. I'll give you the last word. I, I mean, I don't want to go too much further into this because, uh, you know, it's not a lot good to see. I mean, it was so bad, this game to watch, that the audio crew at CBS, I think, gave up. Or either that or our friend Jack Easterby must have cut the cord and he was trying to get to the <laughs> video cord and he couldn't quite get there. Well, there was a power outage, believe it or not, like for a brief second. So even, you know, if, if he was trying to do something, even that went wrong because it, it only lasted for what it, well, I think the power went out for a second. It took them a couple of minutes, I guess, to get the scoreboard back. But yeah, if, if uh, Jack Easterby was trying to pull the fast one and pull the wires, even that, even screwed that up. Yeah. You, you might've been listening to the game on the radio on television. They didn't have audio for 
Well, about a quarter. No, I had both. Yeah, I, I did have, I had both. And they even mentioned that there was a power outage at that point. But uh, yeah, I don't know if they just gave up I, for that long a period of time. But I know it was, uh, there was that one brief period where it just kind of glitched and then came back on and then the scoreboard went out. Not much else to say about this one. So let's go to college football. Actually, much more positive stuff in college football because the Cougars defied our friends at BetUS and all the gambling odds on Friday, <laughs> demolishing Tulsa 45 to 10. Steven, I thought it was a little strange. They were underdogs to a one and three team. And lo and behold, the Cougars come out and show me something. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I would definitely lost some money on that one, Robert, because I, I'm just not convinced. I mean, the Cougars are, what are they, four and one now? And you're like, they, they haven't seemed like a four and one team up until that point. And Tulsa... You know, they, they almost beat Ohio State. They came close against Oklahoma State, but then they lost, they got blown out by another team. So they're a team that's hard to figure out. They were projected, you know, to be among the top in the AAC, but they sure didn't look like it Friday night. Man, the Cougars just came out and took it to them. And they, you know, they did the one thing, Robert, that I kept saying they needed to do, and that's, you know, get off to a fast start. The Cougars have just been way too slow of starting. And that's really bitten them in the butt, but that didn't, that wasn't a problem Friday night against Tulsa. Also, the Longhorns with a big one over TCU, 32-27. Bishon Robinson with an Earl Campbell-like 38 touches, 232 yards. What did you see from the burnt orange? Well, let me tell you, I mean, at the first, you, you kind of thought things would get out of hand because TCU, you know, Longhorn special teams kind of suffered a bit. You're talking about special teams. 87 yards right out of the gate of the kickoff return and end up scoring a touchdown Right after that, you didn't seem to feel good. But yeah, B. John Robinson, let me tell you, if he plays well against Oklahoma next week, you've got to put him in the Heisman conversation. You've got to. I mean, this guy was the difference on Saturday. Casey Thompson, I mean, he's been doing great when you put him in there. He didn't have one of his better games, but he still found a way to get it done. But B. John Robinson was clearly the difference. The defense played quite a bit better than they did against Texas Tech. So, yeah, there's definitely some confidence building. You know, that one loss against Arkansas, man, you know, uh, A&M and Georgia definitely made uh, Texas look even worse than they did <laughs> with what they did. But, I, you know, right now, you got to say confidence is building and Oklahoma coming in next week. And that's a game, no matter where those two teams are, you just never know what's going to happen. Do you think Bijan's the best running back since, what, Cedric Benson, Ricky Williams? You have to put him in that conversation, absolutely. I mean, the one thing I like about him, Robert, his forward momentum is just almost impossible to stop. And when he gets that push forward, you just can't bring His legs just keep churning and churning and churning. I mean, you could take the batteries out of him, and he'd still keep running. He, he's just that In that regard, he's one of the best backs I've ever seen at any level. So, yeah, you've got to put him in the conversation at this point. Still a ways to go, though. I mean, I mean, I I got to let him see a, a play a little bit more, but you certainly have to at least start talking about that. Meanwhile, the Aggies on the other end of the spectrum started the season as the fifth-ranked team in the country, but after falling to Mississippi State 26-22 this weekend, they've lost two straight, and it's not looking good for the Aggies because the quarterback, the backup, he's not been good. You know, you lose your starting quarterback. This is sometimes is what happens. It goes off the rails. The O-line, not all that either. And Calzada's completion percentage is 53.9% for the season. Steven, in the modern college football age, that's terrible. Yeah, that's very bad. And you knew things were going to tail off 
you know, from an offensive standpoint. But I honestly didn't expect it, I think, to, to be this much, Robert. And uh, the Aggies, I mean, they had such high hopes coming into the season. You know, now you're <laughs> you're just going to be lucky. You're certainly not going to make the, the CFP playoff at this point. So there got to be a lot of disappointed people in College Station. They've They've definitely taken a step back after these last two games. Let's go to baseball for a second because we got to talk about this. The Astros clinched home field over the White Sox Saturday. The schedule is set for the ALDS now. Games one and two are Thursday and Friday at Minute Maid. Games three and four are Sunday and Monday in Chicago. Game five, if necessary, Wednesday back at Minute Maid. Steven, are you ready for a preview podcast? We doing this either, what, Tuesday or Wednesday? You ready for this? Yeah, I'm definitely ready, Robert, especially after today's Texans game. I, I'm ready for some Astros playoff talk. Let's do it. I, I don't care when we do it. Let's just do it. <laughs> let's let's get the taste out of our mouth of this bad game any way we can. So Astros playoff talk, I mean, they've had an up and down season, but I tell you what, they're in the playoffs and you got to get there before you can do anything else. So, yep, it's heating up. It's going to be here Thursday, so... Yeah, I'd say Wednesday, you know, sometime around there, we'll definitely have one up for you. And I do want to point out real quickly, we're not going to get much into Astros stuff. We're going to save that for a couple of days from now. But one of the things that I do want to point out, Siri getting hurt in these last few days and seeing more Jake Myers, I, I think that's a good thing. You you want to see him get some more in bats and get in rhythm because I, I, I just feel like he was the obvious choice he's the guy that you're going to want to see a lot in the playoffs with Chaz not Jose Siri and and Siri you know taking that decision away of like bringing in Siri he's just somebody that I would have never trusted in the playoffs so maybe this little I mean you don't want to see a guy get hurt because you know maybe you need Jose Siri if somebody gets hurt and you get past the first round but at the same time I just think it's a good thing that you know, we're seeing more Jake Myers because Siri is hurt. Well, I think the only way I would have put Jose Siri in is if for, say, a pinch running, you know, situation or a defensive situation. But I certainly wouldn't want him to come up as a pinch hitter, especially with his strikeout rate. I mean, when he mashes it, he can mash it. Absolutely. But there's just too much unknown. And Jake Myers, I mean, here's a guy that I really believe, you know, it's still a fairly small sample size, not even a full season. But this is a guy you got to keep your eye on. I mean, he's definitely making waves right now. If he can just keep that up into next season, this is a guy you weren't even talking about when the season began and not even midway through the season. So, yeah, I know we'll be talking more about that as the playoffs go on. But, man, wouldn't it be something if Jake Myers comes out of nowhere in the postseason and actually contributes in a major way to help the Astros get through the playoffs? That would be something. And I just like his quality at bats compared to what I've seen from Jose Siri. But yeah, that's worth keeping an eye on. It might be something we discuss further in our preview of the playoffs. But just a reminder for all you longtime listeners, you guys know we do Astros postgame podcast as many as possible throughout the playoffs. And if you're new, get on board with us because we're going to be doing Astros postgame shows. We'll definitely do one Thursday the one likely game we would skip is Friday since I've got some other work responsibilities that night. High school football calls my name. And then next Sunday, oh, could be a big combo here. Texans and Astros postgame show, Stephen. I'll pay you overtime for that one. <laughs> there you go, Robert. I think if I remember, I was thinking about this the other day and that scenario crossed my mind. And I think we even did that last year, if I'm not mistaken, that, you know, because the Astros certainly, you know, went deep into the playoffs. So I believe we did it at least once or twice. So yeah, we're going to have, yeah, get your podcast player, make, make sure it's in great shape 
And you you know you know where to go because we're going to be cranking out some shows in the next few days, Robert. That's for sure. The Astros and Rays are tied as the favorite to win the AL pennant. They're both at plus two fifty going into the playoffs, according to our friends over at BetUS. So if you're feeling the Astros, go use our sponsor, BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book. When you use it, use the HST125 promo code to redeem a 125% sign-up bonus on your initial $100 deposit. If you forget, look for the promo code in the show description. And to help our podcast, again, sign up using either the BetUS link on our pinned Twitter post at the top of our page or go to the website, HoustonSportsTalk.net. Click on BetUS on the right side of the page. Until next time, hey, let your friends on social media know which Houston sports podcast you'd recommend. We'll see you next time. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.